Hello and welcome to Generation Mix. This is the podcast where a father and a son review the CDs the dad's been making for the son for the last four years or so. I'm the dad, I'm Neil. I'm the son, I'm Joel. And today on episode 16, we are listening to my all-time favourite artist, Paul McCartney. Okay. I'm sceptical. You're sceptical. Well, okay. Well, I'm really looking forward to this episode. If you don't know, and quite frankly, if you don't know this, where the heck have you been for your entire life? Paul McCartney was one quarter of the Beatles. He and John Lennon wrote so many classic songs during the 60s. They split in the 70s under acrimonious circumstances. He launched his solo career with a self-titled album in 1970 and released his most recent album last year and that was actually the third of a trilogy of self-titled albums. It's called McCartney 3. This CD covers the period up to 2016-2017 when it was made so it doesn't cover his most recent two albums. This is about McCartney's solo work and so there's nothing from Wings on this. We do actually have a fully dedicated to Wings CD at some point in the future. So let's dive straight in with the title track of his then most recent album, which was appropriately enough called New. Don't look at me, it's way too soon to see what's gonna be. It's a great song. I really like that. It was used. Okay, thank you. Um, I don't know words. It was used in the film Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too. So if, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it, as they're going up to the um, the inventor place. I I like New as an album. And so I, I've got a YouTube channel and recently I did my ranking of all of Paul McCartney's solo albums, including the Wings ones. And New was in my top ten. Spoiler. But you, you like you like the track New, don't you? Yeah. Any reason why? No, it's I just chat catchy tune. So that's really positive. We're off to a good start. I, I'm hoping that you really like this CD, because you've been a bit dismissive in the past and maybe things have changed in your musical taste recently. The next track is a really important one for me, and I'll tell you why after we've heard a bit of it. It's My Brave Face. As I pull the sheet back on the bed, I want to go bury my head in your pillow. Yeah. 
Oh, best. I want it to be more than okay with you on that one. Oh, it's not a best, but I like it. That song was the first McCartney single that was released after I became a fan. Therefore, it's also the first McCartney single I ever bought. Because I bought that when it came out on the day of release on, on 12 inch. And I, it, it's a co-write with Elvis Costello. Working with Elvis Costello gave him a spark back. And we have the album Flowers in the Dirt, which was my first McCartney album. And this as the lead off track. I bought you that for a, yeah. a birthday present on Vine. So, yes, as, as Joel is saying there, for, for Christmas, yeah. you gave me a vinyl copy of Flowers in the Dirt from our local record shop, Psychotron. I love My Brave Face, unequivocally. It's one of my 100 greatest tracks of all time. In fact, I think it's in my top 50. We may okay. find that out at some point soon. Because you But it's only okay to you. Yeah. That's a minor disappointment. I'm hoping that things will, at the very least, continue on the okay level. I mentioned that he began his solo career with a self-titled album. Obviously, it was called McCartney. The next track is from that, and it is Every Night. Every day I lean on a lamppost, I'm wasting my time. Every night I lay on a pillow, resting my mind. Every morning brings a new day. Every night from McCartney. Again, it's kind of okay. But when we were listening to that, you immediately joined in with that ooh ooh chorus. Because I like that bit. Yeah, there's no, there's no words, but apart from the believe me mom a bit. Oh. I, I like that bit, but not the rest of it. So, in the previous two tracks, he had a band. There were other people playing the instruments. He was playing every bit of that. Oh, okay. The drums, the bass, which is what he's known for, the guitars, dun, the dun, vocals, dun, dun, dun. any other keyboards or anything. He played every single thing on the McCartney album. It was a true solo album in every sense. Every Night's a, a lovely little song. It's not... It, it's it's not going to win any awards for, for massive songwriting, but there is a theory that that's related to the depression he was going through over the breakup of the Beatles at the time. Which gives it a little bit of extra depth, doesn't it? Yeah. Speaking of depression and extra depth, jumping forward to 1982, and Paul McCartney released an album called Tug of War, which was the first one he released after the murder of John Lennon. And he released a number of singles from it, the second one of which is this track. So let's take it away.
overly silly. Why do you say it's silly? It's, it's overly jolly song. Well, yes, McCartney is grieving the loss of his former partner and friend, Lennon. But that doesn't mean that he didn't still write great pop songs at the same time. Pop songs so don't take... have to be happy. We will get to some that aren't happy later. Like, no, t why did he make it happy then? Because... Why that... can't he go, like, no tears left to cry route? We may yet get to that. We may get to his tribute to John Lennon song. In which case, this is going to make you look rather silly to have said what you said. Oh, okay. So do you want to revise what you're about to say? No. <laughs> one of the things that I think adds this song... Not adds this song. One of the things about this song is he was being produced by George Martin, who was the Beatles producer. And the drumming on that, or some of the drumming on that, is done by Ringo Starr, who was also grieving the loss of John Lennon at the same time. So there were two Beatles on that track. Oh, and I didn't hear that. It, it's a song about someone trying to make it in the music business. So actually, it probably is slightly reflective of when they were trying to become famous. But in the mid nineties, they the the survivors got together to do something called the Beatle Anthology, and this is widely credited with making Paul McCartney go back to his songwriting styling roots and really working on his material. And the album that came out is called Flaming Pie. And this is a track from it called Some Days. We don't need anybody else To tell us what is real Inside each one of us is love And we know how it feels Some days I cry I cry for those who live in fear Some days I don't I don't remember why I'm here No use reminding me it's just the way it is Who ran the race or came in first Some days I cry Cry for those who fear the worst. This one's okay. Okay. I love the guitar in the background. Oh. It's, it's kind of boring. Why do you think it's boring? I just lost it twice in the song. That's because you were doing other things instead of kind of concentrating on the music and hearing. No. The lyrics are really good. There's no good asking me what time of day it is, who, who won the match or scored the goal. They're really quite smart lyrics. Some days I look into your soul. It's a lovely song some days. It's probably probably the best thing on Flaming Pie. And it's not just okay, it's superb. I've already mentioned Wings, and whilst we haven't got anything from Wings on this CD to listen to, in 1979, while they were still a band, but perhaps he was getting a bit bored, he started to muck about in his home studio and did a load of electronic recordings, which ultimately became McCartney 2, the second in that self-titled trilogy. It's not an album I enjoy. I don't like 
much on the album, but it was reissued about a decade ago with lots of extra tracks, including this one with some orchestration by a fellow called Richard Niles, and it's called Blue Sway. And I think this is... I'll be interested to hear what you think about this, given the fact that it's it's based on electronic music, given your love of Alan Walker. So let's hear Blue Sway. I, I'm not surprised actually. It's that kind you... of jazzy. Jazzy? I mean, it's electronic Lot... music, but with orchestrated. It's very 1980s. So, okay. McCartney 2 was released in 1980. Mm. And this wasn't on it. It was part of what he'd originally intended as a double album. The record company said no. And so, it's one of the things got cut. I have heard the 1980 version, and not to put too fine a point on it, it's crap. <laughs> okay. Then, about six years later, they did some overdubs and they got the orchestration in, and it still remained unreleased for another 25 years. And that orchestration, and the lyrics that he put in on it as well, turn what was a piece of fluff, into something that I really, really like. And I, I think Blue Sway, that version of it, is terrific. Really, really good. And you thought... you, you underst I understand why it wasn't on McCartney 2. Okay. And I'm glad it wasn't on McCartney 2, because although there's stuff on there I don't like, that would have been one of the lowest rated tracks even then on it. But what they did with it afterwards turned it into something wonderful. It really is... A great piece, and if you've not, if you are a McCartney fan and you've not heard Blue Sway, the Richard Niles orchestration version, you've got to go out and check it out. There's a really good surfing YouTube video to watch at the same time. Okay. Two thousand and five, McCartney released an album called Chaos and Creation in the Backyard, and I think it's one of his very finest records. It's quite introspective. He plays virtually everything on the album again, so it's almost part of that ethos that he has for these McCartney self-titled albums where he plays everything on them. But he had a really cracking signal that kicked off the album, and it's Fine Line. It's a fine line, and your decision makes a difference. Get it wrong, you'll be making a big mistake. Come on, brother, all is forgiven. Fine line, fine. I like that one. Yay! It's I, kind of the title track of the album. Even, when, even when I wasn't particularly paying attention when we listened through, I was still starting to, like... Yeah, you often don't pay attention when we listen through. Do good, do good, do good, do good, do good. Do good. <laughs> like it's kind of like the title track of the album because the, the line in it says it's a fine line between chaos and creation. 
It's a good pop song. That was, I think, the last McCartney single that I physically bought when it came out. I've already mentioned someone he co-wrote with in the late 80s, which is Elvis Costello. Okay. And this next track is from not a great album, which was Off the Ground, the follow-up to Flowers in the Dirt, but is a really good song that he wrote with Costello. And it's The Lovers That Never Were. Okay. Oh, you're having to graduate your mez and okays, are you now? Sort of, yeah. So, would that mean that you'd say it was good then? Yeah. Excellent. Um, <laughs> that's, as I said, from off the ground. And for me, every time I listen to that album, it sounds like the band is playing in a bit of a church hall. It's a bit cavernous sounding. Yeah. They did record a lot of it as live. There's a version on Flowers in the Dirt deluxe archive edition that he did with Elvis Costello in the studio and vocally it absolutely tears strips off that version it's so good but I don't think I knew it when I did this for you I wasn't aware just how good that was otherwise I might have included the demo version if I had we return to 1982 you asked why Take It Away was so upbeat and why there weren't a few more reflective and slower songs and there's one coming now. Okay. And it's, an, I think, one of his most beautiful lyrics, one of his most beautiful songs. It's Somebody Who Cares. Like somebody has taken the wheels off your car When you had somewhere to go Well, it's annoying not going to get very far, I know, but somebody cares. There's always someone somewhere you should know by now. Always somebody who cares. It's happening That's my favourite one on there so far. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so, so happy. I love somebody who cares. It's grown on me so much in the last year or so. It feels like a lockdown song. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, lockdown has taken beautiful. the wheels of our car. It has. Where we've got somewhere well, we've got to no, go. Nowhere to go. We're not allowed we did, to go anywhere. At the start of lockdown, we had places to go, but it was cancelled. Yeah, that's true. Somebody Who Cares is... It is a song for the current times, really. It was written in 82, or released in 82. And 
Oh man, it just. I'm so pleased you like that song. I know I play it on the piano all the time, so maybe it's just infused into you. It's another one of the reasons why I think Tug of War is such a good album. Probably my favourite purely solo McCartney album, as in under his own name and not with Wings, because it's just amazingly good. Well, this next song could be about you in its title, but it isn't. It's Dear Boy. Sounded eerily sinister. Well, it's not. It's not eerily sinister. I'll, I'll tell you what the song's about in a minute, but it that's from... It, it sounds like one of those songs that's about murder, but it's trying to lull you into a false sense of security. Okay, well, I can tell you most definitely it's not. That's okay. from the album Ram from 1971, which was credited to Paul and Linda McCartney. It was actually a co-write between him and his wife. And John Lennon thought that song was about him. All that stuff about you didn't know what you got until um, until it was gone, he thought was a jibe at him. It was only many years later, I mean, McCartney said it wasn't. It was only many years later that McCartney revealed who it was really about. And that song was about his wife Linda's first husband, who she divorced in the 60s. And the whole point about you didn't know that she was the cutest thing around. You didn't know what you had found. It's all directed at her ex-husband that he didn't realise what a wonderful woman he had. And Dear Boy's a great song. It's not sinister. It sounds it's actually good. a love song when you think about it. It's like, my wife is wonderful and when she was married to you, you didn't know what you got, mate. It's quite sweet, really. The next track, I've got a feeling you are not going to like. And Why? I've, I've just got this sneak suspicion, and I, I may be wrong, but pretty little head. Why'd you say that? It sounds all like it starts off with just drums, then it adds a repetitive guitar or piano yeah. or something. Then it adds something else I can't remember. Hillman, Hillman, Hillman. Yeah, and then right. it, and then it, and then it's got the words, and then it, at the, and then there's another chant thing at the uh, after the first verse. But what do you think of it? I don't like it. <laughs> you know what? I'm not actually that surprised. At the age that you are now, 13 and a half. 13 and 7. 13 and a half. I was when I became a McCartney fan. 1987, Christmas, he released All the Best, which was a double compilation of singles. 
and it was my Christmas present for my parents. I still own that self-same copy on vinyl. And as a result, started to listen to his previous albums. And the album that this comes from is called Press to Play. And it was the album released directly before All the Best. I borrowed it from the music library, probably at the age of 14, six months after I became a McCartney fan. And when I heard Pretty Little Head, I hated it. So the fact that you don't like it at this age doesn't surprise me. I, ne I didn't like it for well over a decade and then suddenly I listened to it again and the, the song worked in a way that it had never done before. Now that's How? the single. How? It's a ritual! Because it's... It could be a ritual by... dance. What I expected from Paul McCartney was great pop songs. And that is not a pop song. That is a experimental piece. And maybe as you get older, you start to appreciate things differently. And it's by far my favourite thing on the whole of the Press to Play album now. Press to Play was not a commercial success. It got some positive critical notices, but is now viewed quite negatively. The last full album we released before that was also viewed quite negatively, although did have some more commercial success. And this is the title track from it. It was his last number one single, and it's Pipes of Peace. Do you recognise it at all? Not really. Oh, okay. I, I play this one quite often. I have always liked Pipes of Peace. I remember it getting to number one in 1984. Pipes of Peace was the follow-up to Tug of War. It is not a patch on Tug of War, if I'm honest. But the title track is one of his very best singers. Like I say, it was his last solo number one. Now we're going to go back again to Tug of War for the third visit. And we'll talk a little bit about this afterwards. It's here today. And if I say I really loved you and was glad you came along, then you were here today. Right, do you remember saying that how was he doing happy stuff on the album Tug of War? Yeah. That is his song as a tribute to John Lennon. Oh, okay. Now do you want to revise your didn't particularly like it? No, I still didn't particularly like it. It was over it was I told you it was overly jolly. That's not jolly. The other one. No, but this one. You just said you don't like that one. Still don't like that one. Well, that's all about... It, it's his tribute to Lennon. About if you were here today, 
what would I be saying to you? And actually, there were two guys from Liverpool. They probably didn't say stuff like, I love you, man. But it's he still performs that in concert today. And he still gets choked up when he does it. Because he thinks about his lost friend. And it's... It's not my favourite song on Tug of War. It's not even probably in my top four or five on Tug of War, but it's probably the most impactful thing on there. It's a lovely song. We need to get a little bit more upbeat again, don't we? Yeah. Well, I don't think you'll be dancing, but let's get back on my feet. That is a real deep cut that I've got for you on there. To my knowledge, I don't think that song was ever released in America because it's a B-side to a single that was released in the UK. Back on My Feet to co-write with Elvis Costello. It was the first of their songwriting partnership, short though it was, to be released. And one of my, it is my favourite McCartney track from the 1980s. I think Back on My Feet's phenomenally good. The counterpoint at the end with the, the lyrics while he's singing the Back On My Feet stuff. You can hear Linda's vocals come through really clearly. It's a great B-side. Back to Tug of War. Yeah. And we're going to listen to a song that if you don't like this, I may have to disinherit you. Wanderlust. Is that just because I said I'd disinherit you? No, okay. I like that one, but not a lot. Okay, well, at least you like it. One thing I absolutely adore about that song is that he has two different melodies for verse one and verse two. And then on the third verse, he sings the second melody as a counter melody underneath the first. When he, It's just so clever. Wanderlust is a brilliant song. The next track I picked for you is another kind of deep cut bonus kind of thing. It's the final track on this CD that's a co-write with Elvis Costello, but it was originally released by Elvis Costello on his Mighty Like a Rose album, but there is a phenomenal demo version that came out on the Flowers in the Dirt archive. It's So Like Candy. Here lies the lipstick and the face the colored tablets keep it all in place And it's like candy So like candy What did I do to make her good? Can she be the one that I 
that one was just there. Okay, well, as an Elvis Costello fan and as an admirer of the Mighty Like a Rose album, I was intrigued to hear the demo version where McCartney's singing rather than Costello. And you know what? I like both of them equally. The, the Costello version is really good, but the McCartney version makes you wonder just what might have been if they'd actually done a McCartney Costello album, which is what I think was planned originally, but then things didn't quite go as originally planned. We return to his debut solo album, McCartney, for what many, myself included, think is his finest solo song. It's Maybe I'm Amazed. Quite so a lot. The second best on the CD. After. After what? Someone who cares. Oh, somebody who cares. Okay, you did say you like that one best. I think it's his best song. It's such a good song. Maybe I'm amazed. And the McCartney album's a bit ramshackle. It's throwaway ideas, some half songs, several instrumentals, a lot of which was recorded at home. But when he did Maybe I'm Amazed, he knew he'd got something special and he went into Abbey Road Studios to record it. And it is brilliant. It was on all the best as well. So I've known this as long as I've been a McCartney fan. In 2001, George Harrison, who was also one of the Beatles, died from cancer. And the album McCartney released after that event was the Chaos and Creation in the Backyard album. And there's a tribute to it, to George on here, which I've included, it's called Friends To Go. I've been waiting on the other side For your friends to leave so I don't have to hide I prefer they didn't know So I've been waiting on the other side For your friends to go I've been sliding down a slippy slope I've been climbing up a slowly burning rope But the flame is getting low I've been waiting on the other side For your friends to go Um, that one was meh. Oh, that's cross. I'm cross about that. I love Friends to Go. It's my favourite thing on Chaos and Creation. The reason I say it's a George tribute is because it's in the style of George Harrison. It's a pastiche almost. I love the way the melody falls and it's because I also like the music of George Harrison. So actually it kind of ticks the double box there. It's a good McCartney song and it sounds like George Harrison, whom I greatly admire his solo work as well. So I mentioned the album Press to Play and we listened to the song, the only song on here so far that I think you've actively disliked. Yeah. Well, there's another pick from it. Also the Seven Inch Remix because I really dislike the production on Press to Play. And it's Only Love Remains. I'd say we won't be going out tonight. 
either. Oh, it's a beautiful love song, though. It's a beautiful ballad. I think it's one of his most forgotten classics. It's a great song. Complete flop as a single, though. <laughs> Not quite to the level of Pretty Little Head, which failed to chart. This only got to about yeah. number 42. But it's, I think it's a lovely song, Only Love Remains. We're coming to towards die. the end. Okay. We're going to return for the final time on this compilation to the Tug of War album for the title track. It's a tug of war. What with one thing and another, it's a tug of war. We expected more, but with one thing and another, we were trying to outscore each other in a tug of war. That was okay. It's not the best song from Tug of War that we've had. Which is somebody who cares. Yeah! But Tug of War was the opening track, and it's a great opening track. It actually segues straight into Take It Away. The penultimate track is one that I could have easily included on the movie songs thing that we did a couple of months back. It's from the terrible movie, Give My Regards to Broad Street, off the terrible soundtrack album, Give My Regards to Broad Street, but the phenomenal number two, should have been a number one, single, No More Lonely Nights. Please tell me you like No More Lonely Nights. Yeah, it was okay. That's not saying you like it though, Joel. Yeah, it's a higher end of okay. Okay, so it's a high okay, so classed as good then? No. Oh, classed God. as high okay. That's not good enough. Oh, I remember that getting into the it's charts. It's better than there. True. I remember that getting into the charts and going, I'd say getting to number two. Wish it had made number one because it was such a good song, but it didn't. Our final track. This one is a special song because it's about a father and a son. And Dad, we have been recording for an hour and a half. Well, this is a song about a father and a son. It's okay. Put it there. Put it there. If it weighs a ton, that's what a father said. I don't care if it weighs a ton As long as you and I are here Put it there As long as you and I are here Put it there Again, hi, okay. Better than okay. That's a song about... And, and okay is better than meh. So... But... It's a song about his dad. And his dad had died a good 14 years before he recorded this, I think, on Flowers in the Dirt. 
but it's about the kind of things that dads want to say to their sons and say, look, we'll take the strain for you, we'll look after you, we'll care for you. So it's better than okay. It's an important song. Put it there. Okay. That concludes it. That's our run through of McCartney. Overall, have you enjoyed this one? Yeah. Yay! The most important artist in history for me. And there's so much more from his solo career we could look into. So I think there's a chance I might make you a second volume at some point. Especially as there's been two albums released since this came out, some of which is phenomenally good stuff from Egypt Station and McCartney 3. Yeah. And I didn't really touch on a huge amount of his late career stuff in there. That's our Paul McCartney run through. I think it's time for... Joel's Revenge! So, what do you got? I've got a song by Alan Walker again. Oh, surely we've heard everything by Alan Walker now. I think this is the last one. What is it called? It's called Play. Something buried deep inside us, the major and the minor, we're like the anarchies you played for me. You played for me. Oh, you played for me. I swear, even in my sleep, I hear So, what did you think of Play? Not one of his better tracks. Yeah, because your favourite Alan Walker song is All Falls Down, so is mine. But even so... Like Daddy Likes Son. Do you not like that track either, then? No. It's well, like 25 go. on my top 100. Really? Yeah. That's overpriced. I, I don't particularly Probably like Probably a little one. bit lower next time I do my top 100. I think that's a bit still. too bleak bloopy. Sounds like the greatest hits of R2-D2. <laughs> Not a great Rude. one. I, I preferred the stuff that we've heard on the proper album. Okay. So, yeah, not a wonderful Joel's Revenge. Not not your worst by any stretch. Because you, for some reason, hate the brilliant song that is Your New Boyfriend. Your New Boyfriend's awful. No, it's brilliant. Well, that concludes episode 16 of Generation Mix. Paul McCartney. Thank you very much for listening. Just a quick mention, both Joel and I have got our YouTube channels. Mine is Pock and Rop. Joel's is Fox Eating Nuggets Gaming. And until next time, thank you very much for listening. Listen out for our musical clue as to who our next CD will be in approximately two weeks' time. And this is Generation Mix signing off. Bye! Bye.